0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Brilliant. All right, who's had a good week? Who's had a tough week? Yeah, it's all right to, it's all right to be real in church. It's all right to be real with God. The Bible actually says, get angry, but don't sin. So it's all right to, get, it's all right to have a tough week. It's all right to have a down day. It's all right to not have it all together, it's just, it's just how you come out of that situation that matters. Yeah. It's just where it's just the you look to, what you do. See, there's a saying in life that we can't control what happens to us. We can only control our reaction to it. And I've just decided I'm getting happy in life. I'm going ha- to enjoy every single day, whether it's good, it's bad, it's ugly. I'm going to get up and be thankful for the fact that I've got air in my lungs, I got a roof over my head, I got food in my belly, I got a wonderful f- if I got nothing else but that and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, I have everything. Amen. So why don't one more time? Let's just thank the Lord. I'm trying to collect my thoughts here and buying some time. You know, we, we prayed for Paris, and as Justin said, I was watching the news this morning, 129 killed and 352 injured. And and you can go to this place of despair and, and empathy. But in the middle of a situation like this, people don't need empathy, they need action. And there's a saying that the church grows in a climate of war. And, you know, it says in in, in John 1, 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome on it. And I thought one of the most telling uh, signs was Paris uh, turned off the Eiffel Tower lights. And it was like it was in the middle of darkness. But then if you go to any Instagram feed, Facebook feed, anything this morning, it's the world has lit up all their iconic buildings and and famous landmarks with the French flag. And I thought, right now is the time for the church to rise, to be a bright, shining light in the midst of dark days. And so I want to call you, who who is the church and what is that, that light? It is us. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we are the bricks of the church. Church doesn't start for us until we walk out those doors. Right now, we're celebrating. We're celebrating our Savior. We're celebrating community. We're, we're celebrating common beliefs. But church for us starts outside those doors. When we walk out those doors and we encounter somebody that's rocked by this atrocity, that's somebody that's shaken, somebody that's got a, a family member or a friend, and they're broken, they're hurting. And we wrap our arms around them and we love on them and we take them out to lunch and we're a blessing. You know, I love what it says um, in Matthew 5.16. Uh, 5, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. Right now, in the middle of a, a situation like this, it's not the church's responsibility to shine. It's our responsibility to shine. We are the church. We are the church in many locations. We are the church spread out midweek that gets together on a Sunday to celebrate corporately. Amen? Fantastic. All right, well, uh, like I said, last weekend Justin and I were in Auckland and then from there flew straight over to... Oh, no, no, you weren't in Auckland. I was in Auckland. (laughs) I told you I'm tired. (laughs) I was in Auckland. Justin flew up and met me in Malaysia. Uh, And we went to our C3 Senior Pastors Global Conference. I, I... there's a bit of a photo, These aren't, this isn't a conference with general delegates, this is just the senior ministers of our movement. So right now we've got a 2020 vision to have a thousand churches with an average membership of 500, and right now we're at 402, which is exciting, we've just busted through, and represented here was the pastors from each nation and each region of our movement. So there was pastors from Africa, pastors from Canada, North America, South America, Asia, East Asia, uh, the Pacific, New Zealand, like like this whole, re- and it was just it was exciting to get together. We get together corporately each week, but it was really exciting to get together with all the other senior ministers from around the globe, and it made me realize what we're a part of is so much bigger than the part that we play, but the part that we play is so vitally important to the, the work that God wants to do. In, in the earth today. And uh, so that there literally represents yeah, over 100,000 members at C3 Church globally uh, who gather together and worship every week. So it was a, it was a fantastic time and uh, one of the best parts for me in the whole conference. So we got up there whenever we got there and it started Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then we flew back Friday afternoon. The best part for me was together each of us got up and prayed in the morning. We got on our buses from where we were staying, traveled 30, 45 minutes to the venue where the conference was held and 400 pastors from around our movement just prayed, cried out to God and it was was a 45-minute slot of fervent, pressing in, focused, intentional prayer. Praying for you, praying for the city, because we just covered a whole round praying for up-and-coming pastors, praying for, for you know the empowerment of God upon our lives, and praying for vision, and, pr- and I feel like I've just come back full. I feel like I probably have to temper myself a little bit, because brace yourselves, we're going to go somewhere, we're going to do something. And uh, in the midst of it all, I found myself allowing uh, God to speak to me in a, in a clearer and newer way, and, uh, and I started to dream a little, and so this morning what I, I wanted to do um, was, was just share what I believe is, is the vision for our church and then go into the message. Is that all right? Because the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. So who are we and what are we about? Why are we doing this? Is it just to get together because we like each other because we can do that down the park? Or is it to get together, uh, like I said before, to let our light shine bright to be a blessing in our community? Because I do not believe put you on, God put you on this planet to be comfortable. I don't believe that's his first priority for your life. I don't believe he put you on this planet to prosper you. He wants you to prosper, but that's not God's first intention for your life. I I believe God put you on this planet to be a part of the answer, not part of the problem. To be a a light in a dark place. To be an answer to a problem that's posed. To be someone that loves over hating. I believe God put you on this planet to be a reflection of him to every person you meet. So that you wouldn't live for yourself, but you would live for the call of God that he's placed upon your life. And so, in doing so, in dreaming about C3 Noosa, the future of, I believe it's a brand new day for our church, I really do. And I'm, ex- I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm pumped for what God is going to do in us and through us in the coming seasons. And you know, we've been going for two and a half years and it's, found, it's fantastic, and I believe we've laid a foundation for the work God wants to do in our community, but now I believe the time to build is upon us. Because we've laid the foundation, now it's time to grow. Now it's time to expand to the left and the right. And John 14, starting in verse 2, it says this, it says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? In God's house, there's many rooms, and it's big, and it's expansive, and there's room for you. It, there's room for you within the house of God. There's room for you within the vision of this house, but also in the, in the coming days, there's room for you. There's a place for you, a place to call your own, a place uh, to to abide, a place to flourish and be. Um, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I love that. Jesus is going ahead of us. He's going to prepare the place that God has for us. Then he's coming back to get us and bring us to that place. And so I just wanted to reiterate the vision, you know, I believe for this house, the reason and purpose we're here. And first and foremost, I believe it's our responsibility to pre- prepare rooms for people. If, that's ours, if that was Jesus's passion, his purpose, and his focus, I believe it's our room. To pre- it's our it's our priority to prepare rooms for people so that they can enter into them and meet Jesus. That's the focus of this house. We're going to create many rooms. So then, that being said, what's our vision? One house with many rooms. So, what does the future of C3 Noosa like look like? One house with many rooms. And as I was kind of unpackaging this, sitting in my hotel room, praying and seeking God, I, I just kind of wrote a few things down. Rooms which vary in size and function. So we're one church, C3 Church Noosa. We're one church, but in the future, what that looks like is one church with many rooms. Uh, so, so, what are we going? We are going to plant campuses and extension services. From, from a power base, from the foundation that we've laid here, we are going to go out to different surrounding suburbs and, re- and plant campuses and hold extension services. You know, Isaiah 54 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out to the left and the right. Don't withhold. Don't, don't, don't sit back in what we've done. What we've done is good, but it's only just the beginning of what we're going to do. Because we need to be touching Dunan and Donella and Karoy and all these other regions out to the springs and over to the coast. We need to be touching people for Jesus. We need to create an open space that they can enter into, like we have, to enjoy the life that God has for them. We have connect groups and our house parties. And I want to encourage you if you're not in one, get in one. If you're not running one, step up and run one. It's time to grow. It's time for us to enlarge. Start inviting people into your world. What is a house party? It's a party. Where we invite people into and we love on them and we shine bright yeah. in the midst of what everybody's got a dark place in their world everybody's got a dark situation everybody's holding something carrying something fearful of something we can invite them into our world and we can be the answer we can be the joy in their spirit we can be the lightness of spirit for each person that we come in contact with so we got our we got our men's ministry and our women's ministry and we run courses So what is a room in this house? It's a course where somebody might come in and go, I don't understand, but I want to understand. So as of January next year, we're going to be running uh, online courses for faith and leadership and identity, a born identity. Who are we in Christ? What are we doing? That's that's part of our vision for this house is that we would upskill and train people uh, in in biblical theology, in, in doctrine, so that people would understand what we believe, why we believe it and why we do it. Uh, and, and care, so our mission side of things. The vision of this is that we would be a church known for caring its community caring in the local community and caring abroad. So we will continue to do stuff in the Philippines and stuff with uh, Compassion and, and different organizations that will be a, a blessing with local organizations that are helping our community. It won't just be come to church, come to church, come to church. We are the church and we're coming to you. We, we are the men and women of God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We're grateful for our salvation and we're coming out to you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to love on you right now. So, so in other words, we're, building, uh, we're in a building but also in a community. Yeah. We're not just here, we're there. What's the vision? That we would be a church that's not just here, but it's there. Yeah. It meets here, and it goes there. Yeah. You know, that's what it says in Matthew. It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. All authority. There's no greater authority than the name of Jesus. There's no greater authority than being in Jesus, and he's saying, and I give you that authority, I'm placing that authority upon you, and in in placing authority upon you, now I'm releasing you to go and be a blessing, to go and love our community. That's our vision, that we would be a church known for loving people, welcoming them into the house of God, making room for people. Can I encourage you, make room in your world for people, because in making room for people, whenever we create space, we create room for God, God fills it. If you will create space for people in your world, God will fill that space and people will get touched for his glory. Amen? Is that all right? I can just dial back the vision if you want me to, or we could just, I feel like we're going forward. I feel like it's a new day, and, and I don't want to sit still. I, want to, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to have enough for me. I don't want to be blessed enough for me. I want to get filled to overflowing so I can pour out into every life that I touch and I meet, and I can be a blessing. Amen? Fantastic. All right, here we go. Does anyone want to live a life of fruitfulness? A life where your efforts achieve much and God is glorified. It's a stupid question, really. Nobody wants to fail. Anybody want to fail? Can I get a show of hands? Anybody that wants to live out their days, putting in lots of effort, lots of energy, and they just want to fail, fall flat on their face. It's it's a a stupid question. Everybody wants to succeed in life. Everybody wants to prosper. Everybody wants to live a big life, full of love and fun and joy and friends and people. I don't know anybody that wants to fail. I know people that want to achieve. And so starting in John chapter 15 this morning, I just want to look at a few things at how you can enjoy a prosperous, abundant, blessed life glorifying God. So see, the priority is on glorifying Him. The priority is on making Him first, but the byproduct is that we can enjoy the life that we have. Is that all right? Fantastic. John 15, starting in verse 1, says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I love that. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he he cuts off. But every branch that is bearing fruit, he cuts back. There's a process, a shaping, a forming. He cuts back so it may bear more more fruit. So a priority in God's world is that your life bear much fruit. That's a a, a focus, an intention, a priority that God has for you, that, that your efforts would produce, that what you do would bear fruit. You don't start a business to go under, to fail. I'm I'm not gonna sow millions of dollars into starting something that's a dream in my heart, hoping that I fail, and I lose all of that money, and I lose that house, and my marriage suffers as a result, and my kids, you know, can't even put shoes on their feet. That's not my intention. My intention is I start something as a dream in my, that it would prosper and grow, that it would be enlarged. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I as you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me... ...and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. By this, my Father is glorified that you would bear much fruit... ...so that you will be my disciples. I'm not sure you heard that. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit... ...so that you will be my disciples. God is glorified through a life bearing much fruit. God is, so, so, so there's giftings, there's talents, there's abilities that's been placed on the inside of all of us. Yeah. By this, my Father is glorified that you, when you bear fruit according to the gifting that's been placed on the inside of you, God is glorified. How do I glorify God? What do I do? Do, what, do I have to pray more? Do I have, no, no, just be who you are in the middle of calling that God has for you. Yeah. And I love this because according to this piece of scripture, a disciple is someone that is defined as being connected to the vine, Jesus, and bearing fruit in life. So your only effort to succeed in life is to stay connected to Jesus Christ and bear fruit where he calls you or where he places you. So, 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 for, so for each of you, God has, God has touched you and he's graced you with giftings and callings. He's, he's anointed your word for certain things. It might be to teach, it might be to preach, it might be to love, it might be to help, it might be to be generous, it might be be hospitable. God has placed something on the inside of each of us that he wants us to use. We're we're talking before about being a light in a dark place. How do you flourish? How do you be fruitful in life? You use what you've been given. You bring your lunchbox to Jesus, you offer it to him, he takes it, blesses it, multiplies it and comes back into your world. We know the principle of sowing and reaping. God wants to use your life. To benefit your life but not only your life others so here's the thing two questions what does that mean and how do I do it how do I how, how do I stay connected to the vine how do I bear much fruit and what what really does that mean I was thinking this to, to abide in him we need to accept what he's done for us the work of the cross I'm redeemed I'm saved I'm made whole my sins are being what I need to accept that I need I need to accept that there's been, there's been a price paid for my life. I can't earn it, I can't work for it, I just have to accept it. And then I have to accept his way. So in, in accepting that he's done a mighty work for my life, he's assured my eternity and my salvation, I then have to accept that God has ways for me to live, things for me to do. A call that he's put before me saying, that's fantastic that you're a part of the family, now just jump in line let's, let's do what we need to do to touch the rest of humanity. And is this all right? It's not too heavy. I'll, I'll lighten up in a minute. Is this, this is helping people? So in thinking through this, I thought, a disciple isn't someone who only loves Jesus. That's awesome. We need to love Jesus. But a disciple says, by this my Father will be glorified that you bear much fruit, and people will know that you are my disciples. A disciple isn't someone that just attends church. I go to church, therefore I'm a disciple. No, you're a church attender. You're part of the community that attends church. A disciple isn't someone that just studies the, in, the scriptures to increase their knowledge. That, that's not what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who is connected to Jesus and does the things that produce in accordance to that connection. That's what a disciple is. Someone that produces because they're connected to Jesus. Produces because he's spoken into their world. Produces because he's, he's given them direction and they walk that out. God doesn't want to be a religious symbol that hangs around our neck. Wow. You know the U2 song? We've, we've got the, the Jesus cross and it's around our neck and we're walking through life and, and he's there. He doesn't want to be an add-on to your world. Right. A lucky rabbit's foot, a symbol that you cry out to in a time of need. That's, he, that's not what he wants. He wants to be in relationship with you, deep relationship, intimate relationship. We're in the midst of trial, tragedy, mountaintop experience. Well, he, that he, he can be that still, small voice that's speaking into your world. Bringing peace, bringing direction, bringing clarity, dispelling confusion. He wants to be in the midst of your world. And, and I say this today because I find that so many of us, you know, Pastor Andrew said it about a month ago, we step into and we step out of. We step into and we step out of. God doesn't want you stepping out of him. He wants you in him always. Thessalonians says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It, it's, it's, our future is found in him. It's, it's in him, not, not in Him and then out of Him. It's no every day. And it doesn't mean, like I said the other week, we become robots. It means we become intentional beings that are connected to a power source of heaven. Amen? All right. So what does it look like to abide in God? And I just wrote down a few thoughts this morning that I'm going to share and then we'll finish. The first thing, to abide in God, we have to abide in His Word. God and His Word are one. God and the Bible are, are one. It says in John 1, starting in verse 1, it says... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was... He was in the beginning with with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing has been made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. If you want to hang out with God, if you want to spend time with God, get into the Word of God. God and the Word are connected. You know, we're told that the the Bible is the inspired Word of God. But I love that there was nothing. Before God, there was nothing. You know, and nothing happens in our lives outside of a Word from God. It is the foundation. It's it's the beginning of the seed. The the, the seed is the Word of God in our lives. And that's what takes root, grows, germinates, and becomes something in our life. And, you know, I I love what it says in Genesis 1-3. It says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning was God. God and His Word were connected. The Word was spoken, and something happened. Things will happen in your life. God has given you the ability to create your future by the words that you speak. So, so, you know, so he want, he's put an, an authority inside of your life where every day when you get up and you start speaking and declaring, it's like you are speaking the promises of God over your future. You are declaring in accordance to the word of God, which is God, and therefore you can speak and create. Yep. If, if where you're living right now, if the place that you're inhabiting right now you don't like, change your language. Change the way you speak. Change the way you look at things and then the way you declare what you're going to enjoy in the future. You know, I, I want to get up every single day and say, I love my life. I'm God, I'm thankful for the future. I'm thankful that I'm going to walk into a day that's blessed, a day that is abundant, a day that you know, is, is full of love, full of joy. Full. I'm not going to get. I, I hate my life. I can't see anything for the future. I, I'm going to get up, and in accordance, because I've been hanging out with God, because I've been reading, I get up and I say, God, I thank you. You created me to be the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. God, I thank you that you've created me to be a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you, God, that I have the power of life and death in my mouth, in my tongue. You know, that's what the Word says, life and death. The power of life and death is on your tongue. Use the authority you've been given. You spend time, abide with God, abide in His Word, then use what's been given. Your future is in the words you speak. Breakthrough is in the words that you use. The wisdom you need for life is, is, is going to be found in the Word. Peace for the situation you find yourself right now is in the Word. Joy is in the Word. Provision is in the Word. You know, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Not reading your Bible is like turning up to a heated battle without armor and without weaponry. If, if, you, if you think you're going to walk through life, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And not face any attacks. The Bible says that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The ones he may devour are the ones that don't know the Word that don't have a word to stand on, that don't have a foundation. It says that if you, if you build your, your life on anything but Jesus, it's like building on sand, that's shifting. And when the storms of life come, it will be eroded. But when you build your life on Jesus and the word of God, there is a sure foundation that you can plant yourself upon, which will never be shaken and can never be taken from you. Amen? Come on, let's thank the, the Lord this morning. The word of God in your life is your first and last line of defense. Read the Bible get a Bible reading program, just, just consume it and take it in. You want to spend time, you want to imbi- abide in God, abide in His Word. And you, you, will, you will understand the mysteries. Uh, the, the things that we don't understand, you will find answers for in the Word. And all of us have areas in our, in our faith and areas in our lives where we don't understand. That sounds good. My, my, my uncle, before he died, he was, a, he was a big wave surfer. He started a surf, uh, Narabeen Surf School and Narrabeen Board Riders Club and He said, I can can deal with most things, but I can't deal with this walking on water bit. I don't understand it. And that was a sticking point with him for many years. And the funny thing is, he died in Hawaii. He was a big wave surfer that surfed 20, 30-foot waves. Nothing freaked him out. He was a a waterman. He'd go out deep-sea fishing, and his boat would nearly capsize. And he loved it. It He was adrenalized by it. But then he went to Hawaii on his 30th wedding anniversary, and it, it was like a lake. So your dream as a big wave surfer is to go to Hawaii and get big waves. He went to Hawaii, and it was like a lake, and he had a heart attack and died in the water. And my dad got this revelation that Jesus came to him walking on the water and said, it's your time to come home with me. It's your time. And and he believes that, my dad had a vision about this, that God in his graciousness came to him to meet him at a point. You know, there's that scripture that says, I have faith, but help me in my unbelief. He had faith, and, he, and he, he loved God, but he struggled in this area. And my dad had a vision of Jesus coming to him, saying, I know you, I know you struggle in this area, but I'm real, and I can do this. But it's, we, we have to go to that place of, I'm grounded in the Word. I know why I believe what I believe. If there's things that you struggle with, come and ask Justin. Come and ask myself, one of the team, and we'll, we'll go through the Word with you to get you a, a foundation and an understanding for that. You know, Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, didn't ask him to leave devil please you really annoy me I've been fasting 40 days I'm very hungry I'm kind of tired I'm worn out would you leave he says it is written you will not you will not tempt the Lord your God it is written you you can't negotiate with the enemy the enemy we fight you can't you have to go to the word of God you have to stand firm on the fact that God is with you in the midst of that amen first thing is abide in the word the second is abide in his will uh you know, like I said before in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without sin, give thanks in all circles. Rejoice always. You know, I was thinking this, if, if knowing the Word is learning His will, right, that's that's the will attached to the Word, abiding in His will is doing what we've learned. So, if knowing His will is learning the Word of God and the things of God, and how, we, then, then abiding in His will is doing what we've learned. So, so the stories given in the Word are for our exhortation, they're for our encouragement, but they're also to propel us on, to inspire us to do good works, by this my father is glorified that people see your good work, you're shining bright in the community you found yourself in. It's time for the church to do something. It's time for us to stand up and love where we're at. You are here for 90 minutes out of 172 hours. What are we doing the other 169, 100 170 hours in our week? They're an opportunity graced to us by God to be hands and feet in our community, to be a bright shining light. I want to do so much more outside of these walls than I do inside of these walls. And, and I just think it's a blessing that we're, we're allowed to. You know, Paul in Galatians says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, that Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh is I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul goes, I'm dead. I used to crucify Christians. I used to persecute the church. I, used to, I was fervent in my actions. He said, but now in my living, I'm dead. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And Christ living on the inside of me propels me and causes me to do much with every person that I meet. And he was the, the, the greatest champion of the church in the beginning of the church was Paul. The apostle Paul that's written over a third of the Bible. He was the one going out there saying, I'm dead to myself. I'm dead to my desires. I'm dead to my wants. Paul found himself shipwrecked, snake bitten, imprisoned, freed. He said, I, I know how to abound. I know how to be abased. I've been blessed. I've been, I've been broken. But it doesn't matter because I got Jesus. And Jesus living on the inside of me is enough. And I'm moving forward in life and I'm enjoying the life that I have because I'm abiding in His will. Amen. Next thing is abide in His presence. Exodus 33 says this, it says, In the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would speak to a friend. And afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. I love this. So so, so Moses is the one that has led the Israelites, three million people out of bondage. You know, the, the 400 years of bondage and slavery in Egypt, they've been oppressed and they've been bound and they've been locked up. And Moses is the one that has led them out into victory. To the, promise, you know, to the promised day, but now they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They've been wandering. And uh, Joshua, I love this because Joshua is the one that ultimately led the Israelites into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And it says here that Moses would go and meet with the Lord, but Joshua would linger in the presence of God. He didn't want to leave, he didn't want to leave you know, the presence of God, he wanted to stay longer. He wanted to soak up more. You know, like I was saying at at our conference, just standing there worshiping God in prayer, just, I felt like God was, he was right there. And we know that he is, but he was right there. And we were standing in his presence. And he was speaking to us. He was speaking to us collectively. He was speaking to us individually. And and I feel like I've been charged and energized for the journey ahead. Melissa and I are exactly like you. We get worn out. We get tired. We get dry. We we have to position ourselves. John 15, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. But to abide means to intentionally position ourselves in the presence of God. To bring ourselves back to the tent of meeting. To bring ourselves back to where God is. God never leaves us nor forsake us but he says give me your attention. Give me your heart. Give me your focus and in that place we will meet. And you will encounter me afresh. You know it says in Matthew, it says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. God's withholding nothing from you. You know, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to to all liberally and without reproach. If you need something in life, God will give it to you, but you have to encounter him. You have to meet with him. You have to get close with him for him to be able to do that. And that doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. That needs to happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We prioritize time in our world to abide in his presence. The place of presence is the place of empowerment. And I I say it all the time, Psalm 91, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who who dwell shall abide. Those who seek God out, those who go after God will find Him. That's what the word says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me, you will find me. Sometimes I think we get to the end of ourselves and we sit there, God, where are you? He goes, well, I'm, I'm where I've always been. I haven't moved, but you've been preoccupied. You've you've had your thoughts obsessing over all these other things. You've gone to a place of worry. You've gone to a place of anxiety, but you you never came to that place of faith. But if you went to faith, you would have found me because that's where I am. We are are a people of faith. We are a people of strength. We have vision and a course set before us, and we hold on to Jesus Christ. We're we're clinging on to Jesus Christ because he's taking us forward towards that vision. Amen? Last one, then we'll finish. Lozzie, you might want to come. Uh, abide in his family, abide in his family, four things, we abide in his word, we abide in his will, we abide in his presence and we abide in his family, we are the family of God and God says in my father's house there's many rooms and do you not know I go ahead of you to prepare a place for you, there is a place for you in this house, there's a place for you in this family you are a part of the family. If you come into this church, say, I, I, I'm committed, I'm in, I'm solid. But can I, I want to encourage you this morning, find your place in the house of God. See, because Justin and I, we're in Malaysia, and it's awesome. We're in our room, besides the snoring. Somebody came in. It was like a miracle every day. I went to conference. I'd come back. My room was clean. It was awesome. The bed was made. Things were cleaned up. Things they all, all tidied around the room. But that was in a hotel, and in the hotel, I had to pay every night. I had to pay a fee in the hotel. But when I came home, it was very neat and tidy. But I have to do something. Last night, I made dinner. I didn't just go to the hotel and get there. I made dinner. This morning, we get up and we fold our clothes and we put them in the cupboard, or we get up and we make our bed, or we tidy our toiletries, and we have to do something. I wanna encourage you, this isn't a hotel. If you're part of the family, you're part of the family. And I want to welcome you in. So next year when we start courses, we're going to need people to run courses. When we we worship, we need people to play instruments. And like I was saying before, God has placed on the inside of each and every one of you giftings, anointings, skills that aren't for you. They're to be brought forward and shared with the family. They're to be brought forward and used that God may be glorified. So I want to ask you, I want to commission you this morning to step out into your part that that God's calling you to play within the family come into the house of God whether it's serving and it's part of the hospitality team whether it's running a house party whether it's setting up the chair do you realize and it it's amazing to me but these chairs don't just appear the signs out on the street aren't just out there how do you how do you abide in Christ you abide in his body The body is the church. He is the head, but the body is the church. And as part of the body, we all do something. We all play a part. And our team is phenomenal. And I want to thank our team, but I want all of us to be team. I want every single one of us to say, you know what? Use me, God. I'm standing up. I'm stepping out. God, use me. I'm I'm going to lay down. Paul, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I'm dead to myself. So, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live alive. I'm going to live abundant. I'm going to live big. In you. And I, you know, I just think the very least we can do is attach ourselves to the very thing that Jesus laid his life down for. Now, I was watching the World Cup the other day, and at the end of the World Cup, Sonny Bill Williams walks over to a little kid that's been crash-tackled, takes his his medal off and puts it around his neck. Solid gold medallion. And everyone's like, oh, Sonny Bill Williams, this is unbelievable. This guy took off, he just he just did the whole World Cup, took off his medal and he gave it away. Jesus Christ laid down his life and gave it away that we could live. So we will celebrate and get excited and get pumped about the fact that a man can take a medal off. But Jesus Christ took off divinity, came to earth as man, put on humanity and said, I will become sin on your behalf. I I will become you know, every form of evil on your behalf. I will die the most painful horrific death there is to die so that you can live. But it's not just for us. It's, it's for a hurt, dying, broken world that needs Jesus. Amen. You know, in the Old Testament times, the children of Israel had to follow God. They would, they would literally, there was a cloud of fire and a pillar of smoke. The, 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 the children of Israel, when God moved, they moved. So to put this in context, Melissa and I are just building a house. We've set up base. We live here in Noosa. But in Old Testament times, God would go, well, that's nice, but now I'm going over here. So it would literally be like, all right, McCuddins, pack everything up. We're going. What do you mean we're We're settled. We're established. We're at school. We've got friends. We love Noosa. New... Yeah, I'm moving on. And God would move on. And the Israelites would have to pack everything up, pack their tents, pack their worlds, pack their homes up, and follow Jesus. Today, all we have to do is turn up to church. All we... but, but, but what I find is most people don't. There are people out there that know Jesus, that loved, but they can't bring themselves to turn up. And it's like we we need to be committed to our commitments, passionate about our priorities. We need to be excited that God that is here and I'm going to abide in his presence. I'm going to find my way into the presence of God. I don't care how I have to get there. I don't, know what, I don't care what I have to put aside. My priority is the house of God. My priority is, is the family of God, and I'm going to come into that place. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? Word of God says that the promises of God are yes and amen for our lives. Every single one of them. Every single promise, over 7,000 promises in the Bible, is yes and amen for our life. Which excites me because I need God. I need God in my now, I need God in my future. But the promises of God, the yes and amen, are for your life in Him. In Him when we remain in Him, when we abide in Him. You know, the Scripture says that if, if the branch is cut off, it's discarded. It's thrown into the fire and discarded because it's not producing. So I want to call you out this morning say, what are you producing? And I feel like as, as the pastor of this house, it's my responsibility not to let you sit still, to get comfortable in your faith. I want to urge you on. I want to call you forward. I want to call you to a higher place, a higher standard of living in Jesus, where you love extravagantly, where you're generous on every occasion, where you are a blessing wherever you are found. I don't want to ever ever know of or hear of, you know, that those people from C3, they're not this or they're not. I want to just be known as those people that love, that are welcoming, that are generous, that are bold, that are confident, that step out, that are successful, that love Jesus. That's what I want. I want our church to be known as Men and women of God that love Jesus, prioritize Him in their world and move forward in life regardless of challenge. Ezekiel 37 talks about a valley of dry bones, a valley of dislocated, broken lives. The the reason they were such was they disconnected, they separated themselves, they isolated themselves. When we gather together, when we celebrate and we worship together as the family of God, there's, there's power, there's unity, and there's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just close our eyes, look away to God this morning? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, your word promises. As we remain connected to you, pressed into you, in love with you, Lord God, that life works. That we bear much fruit, not even because of our own efforts, but because of your goodness in our life. Father, I thank you for every single person that stands before me today that the blessing of heaven would rest upon them as they connect themselves to your heart and your will and step out in your ways, that, God, they will find themselves flourishing, enlarged, and they, they won't be able to do anything with it except praise you. God, you are glorious. You are magnificent. You know, I want to pray for anybody this morning that feels disconnected, dislocated, away from, separated from that, that, that source of life, that flow of power, and this isn't necessarily a salvation altar call. This is just saying, if you feel like you're, you're stretched, you're dry, you're separated from, and you want some prayer this morning, we're going to go into a time of worship before we close the service. I just want to invite you to come forward and get some prayer. We had altar calls all this week at this conference. And these are the senior ministers. These aren't people that, they, you know, these are, these are the senior ministers that are leading the way. And every altar was full just with men and women crying. And I tell you, if the pastors of the church need the touch of God, upon, we all need the touch of God upon our lives. So let's let's go in just to a song of worship, lozzie And as we do, I want to invite you forward if you'd like some prayer. You're feeling dry. You're feeling worn out. God is here to meet with you this morning. And he's saying, abide in me and I in you and life will work. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.